Welcome, fellow travelers, to another week of the NeverEnding Adventure podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Russell Tyndall, and my other co-host is... DJ Netty P, coming at you hot and live <laughs> from Atlanta, Georgia. Yep, I'm still in Nashville, and uh, this is, of course, uh, an Adventure Time podcast, where we talk about each episode... And Ned, I guess I can still claim I've never seen the show before, but we are deep into this show now. We're season three, episode three, memory of a memory. Uh, Ned is your your local best friend, expert of the show. Um, and yeah, well, yeah, here we go, I, man. I got a disclaimer because like, you know, I was actually, I was watching through some of season five last week. And there's like there's like little moments and little like tidbits of the show where they're just like so deep cut in episodes where I was like, oh my gosh, I don't like really remember this. And I was like, I hope I'm still a, like a really legit fan. And I was like, yes, I am. <laughs> no. I am a legit fan. It's just, it's a lot to take in, man. It's a lot of concept I need you, and lore. I need of you to be show. way on top of it. I want I want you to be watching through the show throughout the week, once every a week, week, constantly. Yeah. Watch binge the show once a week, and then I'll be the expert, right? Man, well, we're recording this a little later in the day. I very embarrassingly so thought I was going to a concert tonight, and I was so hyped about it. I thought I was going to get to see Sting. Apparently, it's not till next week, and I was like, <laughs> "No, we got to go. We got to rush this." You know, Sting, rookie, Sting's going to play. Mistake. And now I'm just so lonely, Ned. I'm just so lonely. So lonely, hey, lonely, lonely, lonely. We're going to podcast a little bit and you can go, you know, pop a bottle of wine, play some, well, play some Nintendo Switch. Like I will at least say this. Um, I do, I do get hungies at eight o'clock. You know, I get hungies at <laughs> eight o'clock. Russell gets hungies at eight o'clock, bro. I want a turkey sandwich with tomato. Also pickles. So... Well, do you think anybody can this. pick up what episode we're talking about just on that quote? Probably. It's a little bit of a deep cut, but I loved it. There's something about cut. like Ash sucks so yeah. much this episode, but he also is quotable and intriguing. He's very different than most characters that we get just because... Um, there's just something about him. I think because he sucks so much, it's like so obviously like he's terrible. He, he's sexist. He's abusive. He's a terrible partner of the Marceline. Um, I mean, we could just hop right into my most punchable character. I got yeah, the I, Rag I knew, Wizard, I knew this a.k.a. Was dude, of course, the Rag Wizard, a.k.a. Marceline's spirit animal, a.k.a. Ash, a.k.a. Marceline's boyfriend, a.k.a. my most punchable character. Um Man, yeah, and it's so weird how he grabbed Finn and Jake. He just like knew that they knew he must have been stalking her too, oh, you know, for stalking sure. their adventures or something. Like he was aware that Finn and Jake knew her and were the people to go get. But I do. Yeah. I wonder how long they've been dating for. There's a lot. I've, man, I'm all over the place um, as far as like consistencies and inconsistencies. We haven't seen him yet or heard of him mentioned at all, and yet. For the memories to be erased and then Finn and Jake to still be in Marceline's memories, it must have been only deleting that specific memory of the breakup, which must have happened very, very recently. 
I don't know, man. I still feel like, I mean, I do notice that Ash is still in the same house. Like when they're in their relationship and when the breakup happens, they are in that same like shack house that they broke up in that they go to when she forgets the memory. So I was like, I didn't even consider that being a period close to that. But he's also obviously some kind of wizard, like to some degree. Uh, I would. He's, I don't. He's a wizard, but I th- is he part demon? That's, that's kind of what that I'm was thinking. my. That was my other like wondering is that if if he is part demon and that's like how they got got together or got connected. But Marceline doesn't have like wizard powers like that. You know, she's got her demon and her vampire powers combined. And he's definitely on the scope of like, look at my magic wand, look at my like basket. Oh, of he's a wizard for sure. Glitter dust, you know, but he doesn't display. I mean, and I, I do think that I guess the demon mentality is like sucking souls and uh, immortality. So if it was long, I mean, and that's probably why I was like, it's a little hard to pin the time frame. If he is a demon and immortality is in the picture, then it really could have just been any time at all, you know? I don't think he's a vampire, right? He doesn't have any no, bite marks on his doesn't neck. doesn't have the bite marks. Yeah, he just has pointy ears and similar skin tones to her. And that's kind of why I was thinking uh, he might be a demon because what we see with Marceline in this episode, and we'll get to a little bit later on, is it seems to me as though she, obviously she was bit to become a vampire. She wasn't born a vampire, but she is... Yeah the the daughter of um what is his face Hudson Abadir oh, Hudson Abadir you know the the demon the the ruler of the nidosphere um but let's start this episode out with like we're kind of already talking about it Ned I've got a new segments or a segment I guess called um uh, compliment and complaint Another so I'm gonna, segment. Okay. We're yeah, gonna, whatever. Not, There's always segments. It's only going to be segments at this point. <laughs> the whole show segments. Compliment and complaint. Um, so I was hoping really off the bat, I was like watching this episode and you have Ash say, if you fail, Marceline will be trapped in eternal sleep forever. And my mind went, why? Like, why is it got to be eternal? Why is it got to be a forever situation? Why can't we just have like a deep, like serious situation that doesn't have to be like all or nothing. And I really enjoyed the way that the writers even threw me off. And they said, oh, just kidding. Like, you're not really saving her from an internal sleep. Like you're just trying to erase this memory, whatever. And she has a a sleep spell cast upon her. So I love that. I thought that was really cool. It felt more meaningful and they end up saving her from a terrible relationship. Yeah. It ta- it takes like an adventure and takes it from something that's just like... And this is, I think, what a, Adventure Time does a really good job at is taking adventures with your friends and their relationships and, you know, how you go about your daily life. And it goes from saving Marceline's life into saving Marceline from a douchebag, essentially... And that's the adventure. And it's more like literally Finn and Jake have ridiculous adventures that super dungeon, super lich, super mega explosions, all the way down to like tree trunks in the forest, Marceline in her house, uh, 
imagination time in the treehouse, you know, like that is adventures on its own. And, and so I think that like, maybe as like, yeah, we're in the, not in the middle, but we are past the start of season three. You know, you said we're in it now. We're in the, we're in the girth of where it starts to get good. And the girth, geez. <laughs> Jeez. Gross. You said, you said girth. On <laughs> honestly, a lot of these adventure time episodes that just do this, and it's just more it's more about building characters and, and adventuring with friends and like pretty much I mean, they learn a lot about Marceline in this episode. And you oh, can only imagine totally. that Finn we and Jake. A lot. Yeah. Well, you can only imagine that Finn and Jake are like closer to her after realizing she'd never shared anything, anything about this past relationship. So it was obviously a very sensitive topic for Marceline in general, you know? Yeah, they didn't even recognize Ash. They didn't know who he was. Yeah, um, well, I had a question. My complaint... Well, hold on. Let me, let me, let me oh. finish by oh, my oh, segments. No, oh, oh, you had your complaints. Segment on segments, baby. Okay. Uh, my complaints is that you can never trust the first character in Adventure Time is kind of what I'm starting to pick up on this pattern of whoever they introduce first is the bad guy off the bat. And it's that gets a little old in my opinion, I'm getting a little tired of that. Um, also M, M night Shyamalan esque reveal. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I also think, um, you know, he would have to explain to her why he put her to sleep because as I mentioned earlier, all her it, memories weren't yeah. erased. It was only the breakup and that's a little, that's, a little that's weird. That's to me. literally what I was about to say was it doesn't hold consistency unless I'm just not understanding dreams and memories correctly. So if he took away the memory of them breaking up, wouldn't she still remember all of the times that she was single post breakup? And like, wouldn't there be residual memories of being single? But that's why I don't think she was single for long. I think this was a recent breakup. Interesting. That's a great, no, that's, the more I I really dig into it, like there really, it could be something more on the reach but no but at the same time they started dating together when they were moving into finn and jake's treehouse could be a which long means relationship could have been a long relationship she could have been dating somebody this whole entire time and which means that i don't know but then she maybe, dealt with yeah the, maybe she dealt, right. with the, she dealt with an asshole for a long time so like i don't know if they get rid of the they broke up thing then in her mind, she's just like, oh, he's been gone forever. You're finally back. It's been a thousand years. Where have you been, yeah. dude? That's kind of no, weird. I don't know. That's, um, yeah, well, it's, it's tough because like also like Marceline's nonchalant like personality doesn't align with who she was probably in the height of her relationship with Ash. You know, like she seems a little bit more like, I don't know what you'd call it, subdued or a little bit less like um, confrontational. When she's well, I think with that's Ash. the the nature of the relationship. He's done that to her over time. That's something he's probably broken her down and gotten to her core. Yeah, um, I, I, I agree with that. That plays into my theoretically speaking a little bit that I'll get into later on as well. I mean, I think she probably, given her birth and her her childhood, she relies on people, and uh, she's probably easily hurt and can feel betrayed. I mean, I, I don't know. I've never seen the rest of the show, but I would imagine that well, if someone does something to her, it would cut really deep because of her childhood. That's what I was about to ask you is we are getting into... We, this is the first time we see like baby Marceline. 
at all. And I really, I mean, I, I can go forever about Marceline's whole story. There would only be spoilers on that road. So I wanted to like stop for a moment, look at this episode and be like, dude, this is like the first time we see Marceline as a younger girl, non-vampire bites, like notice that she did not have vampire bites as a child. Still has and, pointy ears and all that stuff, of course. So how does that make you, like, like there's so much Marceline lore in this that we're really like, this is probably one of the biggest canon episodes that we've dove into right now. You know what I mean? I, I love this episode. I thought this episode was super cool. I love the introduction to child Marceline where she comes in, they're inside of Marceline's dreams, right? And she has this Rue from Hunger Games kind of tree climbing abilities. She's clearly adapted to the situation that she's in. It seems like it's right during or maybe post the Great Mushroom War of some sort, right? You see buildings on fire still presently. Mm -hmm. And she's by herself. She has one string and her best friend, Hambo, the little doll. And she gives the string to him and sacrifices one of the buttons on her overalls to mend his eye or his missing eye. And I think that says so much about Marceline and her character. And also she's there by herself. She's clearly neglected by her father, perhaps an orphan entirely at this point. Like... You want, you want me to just go ahead and say my theoretically speaking? Well, I'll get it, and, and I'm going to rebuttal, uh, obviously. Okay. My theoretically speaking for this episode... Theoretically speaking. I believe that Marceline's mother died during the Great Mushroom War. I think this forced Marcy to fend for herself, uh, and I'm guessing because of this, because she is related to the demon, the ruler of the Nightosphere, she probably has a really high constitution... Uh, kind of a little of the D&D side of things uh, as a result of all that. And I think it gives her a sort of resilience to the war and any nuclear fallout as well. And so my theory is essentially that her mother died during the war and somewhere along the way, she was bit to live forever. Maybe someone uh, uh, found her and cared for her or something and was a vampire. I'm not, I'm not sure. That's a great, well... I would say of all your theoretically speakings, that is been pretty much the most spot on like so far. Hell yeah. I got some more to say about it. Um, What I can say about this episode in particular and with some spoiler drops here. Spoiler drop. Yeah. Michael, thank you for the soundbite. Marcy is seen with Hambo who's already a little like beaten up, got an eye torn off. We do see in a later episode when Marcy gets Hambo for the first time. And Hambo is actually an important part when it comes to the Sky Witch episodes. Um, it is, this is actually like, I, I love this is like thrown in there randomly, but like that's actually pretty much an important part to a future episode. But the fact that Hambo is beaten up in this scene, and there are some more episodes in the future about young Marceline and this kind of like beginning of the Mushroom War, like, you know, fallout era type um marceline and it does time stamp this episode of like it's post simon petrikoff but it's pre-vampire if that i'm gonna leave it at that because anything else will spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen more so cool. I just I had I, I took note of that. I read notes about that, like when when this was in the Marceline lore. 
And it was a time, honestly, I think this is probably the most time that this memory is so key for her because it is one of her maybe loneliest times in her life. And that's why it's one of the first memories they jump into. Yeah. Well, child Marceline is without a doubt, 100% my lovely of the episode. Give give, give me some sugar, baby. That's a great one. I I didn't even think about that. She has to be. She's so good. She's, she's adorable. And just in general, like I I fell for her. I, I paused the episode and I was thinking about her situation and my theoretically speaking and trying to understand what is going on. I'm like, where are her parents? Obviously, we we know that Hudson Abadir is super absent and doing his thing in the night of fear, sucking up souls, yeah. whatever. Sucking up um, souls. And I'm like, man, like that sucks. And then Ash, like I'm just feeling for Marceline in this episode. Ash sucked the entire time as well. He was abusive. Um, maybe not physically, but c- certainly uh, with his words, you know, to her and... Um, yeah, well, this is one of yeah. the first, I would say this is one of the first moments in the show where they begin to humanize a character. Like we, we, we like Finn and Jake at this point. We've learned a lot about them, them and their friendship. But you know, when, when you meet a good friend and when you have good relationships, you have to understand the context of how they became the way that they became, what shaped them to their personality. And so Marcy's you know, standoff, like standoffishness, um, a little bit of her edginess, a little bit of her devil may care attitude is maybe put into a little bit of perspective in this episode. And the fact that you realize that she's had abusive, uh, emotionally abusive relationships, that she's had this lonely childhood and a lot of probably her standoffishness, let me prank people, everything's a joke is a defense mechanism for Marcy and that this episode begins to humanize her. And you really do start to feel empathy for her as a character through the show. And I, and I don't think I've, I mean, as a sixth time watching through the season, I, I don't think I realized that it was this early, but that she was probably one of the most established canon characters of the, of the show, like this early on, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, we've gotten a lot about her. Everything from the, even just the the Bonnebelle scene with Princess Bubblegum. Yeah. Like she's been on the forefront, even though she's only been in maybe four or five episodes this entire time. Yeah. And she's whenever she's, she's not there, even, we get um, so much about her. We I mean, we get a whole mini series on vampires and everything. That's that's really fun. But when it comes to like really deep adventure time lore, it's I mean the deepest, we go multiverse. We've already talked about that. That's not a spoiler. We've already talked about multiverse stuff. And then the rest is like kind of like Marcy and Simon is like the whole like thing that makes the show really deep and meaningful. So she's a really important character, but it's kind of crazy that she is in, she's been in what, two, maybe three episodes in the first season. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think she's had like two each season so far. And then, yeah. And that they, like, they automatically one. jump in. Like, it's so crazy that they did Marcy lore before they did PB lore, you know? Yeah, we don't know much about Princess Bubblegum at this point. And it's, it, it's that, that, that comes, don't, don't get me wrong, that comes in the future. <laughs> it's just funny, like, you think the writers had to be strategic. Like, we're going to, like, take this character that's just, like, kind of this random friend of Finn 
and give her the most lore before we give any main character. Like we still don't, we don't still know anything about like pretty much like Jake and Finn's yeah. parents. We don't know anything it's about so Nemo's vague. origins. Yeah. Like there's so many other main characters and it's crazy. They started with oh, Marcy. I want you know? BMO origins. That's what I really oh, want. BMO, oh, the BMO origin story. Oh, there's, there's a HBO special about some BMO origin. And then there's, yeah. there's like an episode about like where BMO came from. And it's, uh, it's heart wrenching. It's great. Cool. I love that. Uh, before we hit a little commercial break, I've got two more quick complaints. Uh, when did Finn get the magic powder? <laughs> where, where did that sack I, of powder come from? I imagine he swiped it off of Ash. I, I imagine he did some sort of like, cool well, we would have quick, to assume, like, <laughs> but I don't love just assuming. I mean, that seems like something that adventure time does really well. I think it would have been really cool to see Jake at some point just stretch his arm out and grab the powder yeah, out of even nowhere. In the background. In the background. Yeah. yeah, not something in the forefront at all. That seems very adventure time to do, and they didn't do that. Um, the other complaint I has is I how is Finn controlling himself in oh, wait, his well, own dream? He, oh, is that too deep? Yeah, no, no, you're you're right on both those points. I, I'd say maybe the rebuttal to the first point is the fact that Finn got sleeping powder from Ash to go into her dream originally, and like he was got given That's the sack true. to sprinkle it I on might their be head. Maybe that. he still had the sack, maybe from that first time they went to the yeah. Dream. I might be being dumb. Okay, no, no, no. You, you're right. It made me. It made me think for a second too. Didn't even think about that. Well, um, then, how's Finn control himself in his own dream? What What's up with that? That's not how this works. I think that that goes into some more. Let's talk about the movie Inception, and we can leave that for af- after the break. Or just someone else do it. <laughs> All right, <y'all. laughs> or just someone else do it. We'll talk to y'all after the commercial break. <gasps> oh my land! Hiya, folks. Stodgy here. Been working on something special to share with all you travelers. If you need a little enhancing to your necromancing, a little fire in your shire, come on down to my magic shack near the graveyard and pick up a wand of your choosing. This week's special, cherry blossom wands. They're only half off, and they won't bloom for another year, so you better get them now. You can turn your mother-in-law into a cake, or you can turn your desserts into your beloved family members. Whatever you want. Only cost a few schmeckles, or trade-in of equal or greater value. No more teddy bears, please. We don't take that no more. Take care now. This has been Starchy. How y'all doing, folks? We're back. Ned, I think uh, it's time for a night out on the town. Ned. At my place. <laughs> <laughs> night out on the town. In my, I, I was watching this with Jackie beforehand, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's like the funniest line of the episode. It's like, pretty good, but I hate the follow-up to that. The, I'm going to go freshen up, and Ash says... That's a relief. Ugh. That's a relief. Yeah, no, he he. They did do a d- good job of establishing him as like utter douchebag. You know. Yeah, I have in my Ash, notes. I love this. Hungies. So they're they're in the treehouse, and I wrote, "He just sucks." Look at him with his stupid <laughs> snow colored hair and that stupid color, that stupid cool black outfit, and then the flower that says, "I love you." <laughs> I love you. I love yeah. you. I did. I did have a fun fact about his haircut because I I was weirded out by it too. It's it's apparently called a devil lock, and it was mm. made popular by the Misfits. Oh no! So way. it is it is like a punk rock thing. It is like it has some lore and canon even behind his like weird old haircut. You know, 
I'm almost embarrassed to not really even know that reference. I, I, you know, I'm a big punk rock fan or a no, punk the, rock fan maybe, but I, I yeah. love some classic punk rock, but the misfits, they never did it for me. Honestly, they don't, it's, it's, it's yeah, a weird eighties. It well, punk had a weird eighties phase in my opinion, just like every, if you listen to punk from the eighties, it's just really weird. It's like, mm-hmm. it's not the kind of like nineties punk. That's the, like grungy, a poppier. mohawk. It's it's a little poppier. Misfits well, no, is not I mean, even nineties is more poppy. Like nineties oh, is, yeah, is more yeah, poppy yeah. for sure. It, well, it's uh, like yeah, say... the seventies ended and the eighties were like we're gonna try really hard. It's it's almost more like metal in the eighties, just a little yeah. bit more like metal. Post, you're talking like post Ramones, post yeah, Stooges. post Sex Pistols, post Stooges, yeah, yeah. all post of that. Clash. Like 80s. yeah, because I'm sure that the eighties had probably some of like people like the Ramones could release stuff in the eighties. The sex pistols released stuff in the eighties, but I'm yeah, talking about early like, on. Yeah. Or like early punk stuff. That mattered. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they released stuff that just didn't matter, but I don't know. know. Well, and, and same with them. Black flag did a lot of stuff in the eighties and like, yeah, I still not, I can't really get behind a lot of black flag stuff either in terms of punk, yeah. but I don't know. We might be um, losing some travelers on this conversation. No, we're topic. back. Let's get back in, back, man. I, I did want to talk a little bit. So you see the two different scenes from Ash and Marceline. The first one is at the treehouse, which is a cool, like there's several little throwbacks to prior seasons, prior episodes. The first one or the first one I'm going to mention at least is the treehouse, where we're like, holy crap. Like we saw the episode where Finn and Jake were kicked out by Marceline when they met her. Mm-hmm. And this proves like this was her treehouse. Like yeah, her it's, and it's her boyfriend canon, moved in together. Again, this is why I keep telling people like you can start Adventure Time at season three, but like you're not going to enjoy all the moments where you get that. You're like, holy shit. Like she did live in the treehouse. This is actually like continuing on stories from season one. And they do such a good job of that through the whole show. So don't, and then they, don't start the next, here. The next time they're together is the the home, right? Where, but mm-hmm. it's so interesting because it's it's rough looking. It doesn't look like it's taken care of quite well. Marcy is bored and exhausted looking, clearly fed up with the relationship and on her last straw. And then when Ash is like, I sold Hambo to the witch for the cherry blossom wand, which quite frankly, really dope wand, almost my tops for the episode. Really? Um, I, I just I love cherry I just, blossoms and I, I think thought it was too pretty cool dainty for a wand. Yeah, I, I feel like you got to have a sturdy wand, but that's just well, me. you can have a sturdy wand if you want, but uh, I'd rather have a shower. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. <laughs> then, then, uh, then, wow. Never mind. Um, wow. Wow. What? Oh, come on. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, we uh, learned a lot about uh, Russell lore over here. <laughs> no, it's a joke. It's a joke. Um, <laughs> it's a joke. No, but Cherry Blossom Wand is dope, man. Did you have a um, moment where you were wondering why it shocked her? Because I, yeah, I, I could not figure that out for the life of me. Because he was like, it's a cherry blossom. It's like one of the last of its kinds or whatever. And I traded your thing because it was super... like. So this is obviously a really expensive wand too. And it well, was valuable Marcy. because she loved what he traded it for, which is exactly. Well, no, but yeah, well, I, I, I know why Hambo is really powerful. Like we see that later. It's more just Hambo like, is powerful. Yeah. We'll get, okay. the, we'll get there. We'll get there. Well, in the context of the episode, it sounded like the Hambo, the, the doll had, 
it had high monetary value because how much she cared for Hambo exactly. alone, which exactly. is a very fascinating idea. I guess in the wizard world, they can even take sentimental value as legit value. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, he said it's very really cool. good. It's really good for making spells. Something with high sentimental value, and that's that's. that's I mean, yeah, we can. Um, Who's your friend that follows us? Uh, we'll give her a, a, a shout out here who does lots of like spells and stuff. Divine. Oh, G? Uh, yeah, G, yeah. Yeah. She gets, yeah she, I, I she'll, think of her Instagram handle, but she follows us. Just look up G Divination, I think is what her uh, handle is. Uh, yeah. We, the next time we do a, a really intense Wizards episode with some spells, let's get her in there. Animal. Oh, that could be pretty cool, actually. Yeah, yeah, that'd be really fun. She would love to talk about that sort of a thing. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I think she'd she's be pumped got a to... good personality for a podcast, I would imagine, as well. I think she actually used to have a podcast herself talking about that sort of a thing um, with a friend of hers. But, but yeah, and then the next time we get into like a throwback to a past episode or something that we've had a reference to before is the Hudson Abadir. Snacking on some fries, man. Snacking on the fries, man. Yeah, we get we get the the lore of the, I mean, tops of season two. Like, was the "Daddy, Why'd You Eat My Fries" song? It was, I mean, like we just best talked about that a few weeks season. ago. Yeah, yeah, best song of the whole season, and we we realized they were in some sort of abandoned diner, and he was snacking on fries as she walks in. So it's really <laughs> cool to be yeah. like it's it's something that that's probably the the freshest on the mind, like Yo, of Marceline. Man. Don't eat those. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah man, don't subtle. eat those. Also, like, what is Hudson Abadir thinking? Like, what the, uh, what is this human doing? I mean, clearly, yeah. it was, I mean, it was a dream. It wasn't really happening, but interesting that they could interact with the dream. You want to get into some, more Inception stuff, like, yeah, they can interact, the dream can interact with them and acknowledge their existence inside of the dream itself. Yeah, well, that all projections, and, and that's a good point, is what we were talking about right before the break, is that, you know, this this episode came out in 2011. Inception came out in 2010. And Inception, I can say, like, I've I've watched, like, it's really fun at face value. And then I've watched some uh, YouTube videos, some, like, Harvard professors talk about why Inception should have won the Oscar that year. It's an intense, it is a really well-made movie. And the... That's so funny to hear, though. Dan Harmon, yeah. who I love because of Harmontown, and then of course Rick and Morty and Community, hates Inception, and he's got a whole rant from Harmontown where he just tears it apart. So, There's, I mean, not I mean, that he's like the end-all, be-all opinion. Certainly not at all. But that's funny to hear um, that people uh, on a scholarly level really love Inception. Yeah, I think th- there's. It's more of like the way it was written. It's not like. I mean, it's it's one of the best written like stories to movies in a long time. It's very like I mean, it's Christopher Nolan esque. Like you know, the whole thing. Like there's just a lot of like subtle things through the movie, and then and then there's a lot of things that same with this episode. It's like how in the world did they re, do Finn and Jake talk to Hudson Abadir? You know, but he's a projection of Marceline's subconscious. He's not actually there but they can interact with Marceline's subconscious. Um, if nothing else, the movie itself and the concept is genius, right? I think that's really what matters with Inception in my mind 
is the just, idea whether I'll, they maybe I'll he took it from a, somewhere else but the I'll idea send you a all, YouTube, uh, I'll, send, I'll send you a youtube video or two like the movie it's sure. written in a genius way where well the writing's fine but i'm just saying like i just want to hype up the 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 idea itself and what you because yeah, what you were going saying makes so much sense yeah going into someone's dream and you can go inside of a dream within a dream whatever their, and well, influence their reality based on their dreams, yeah. Yeah, and how you would interact there. Like, coming up with that and having that idea uh, is fantastic alone, yeah. you know? Yeah, and I, I mean, I think it's something that we, I mean, probably a lot of people have thought about and a lot of people have conceptualized on in terms of stories, but in terms of... Sure, but didn't have Hollywood like, connections and couldn't make it a movie. Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest connection for me between this episode and why it totally put off Inception vibes was like when they uh, open up the cellar doors and they see all the red meat. And I, I loved also the reference of all the red things in the fridge because Marceline only eats I red. I do too. Yeah. And they jump down the fridge, but the gravity is like pulling them down, even though it's sideways. And Finn takes a little peep at like Marceline, like picking her nose. Um, but the gravity <laughs> still is pulling them. And, and so I love the whole like dream mentality of like, you know, things can be sideways. And I was just like, I love movies that do like trippy gravity things where, you know, oh. you hop down in the room, but then the gravity, like, even in, even I love that scene in Monsters Inc. where he hops out the door and they're jumping down and they jump into Paris and he immediately like slaps on the floor. Like, I love those little like, yeah, transition yeah. of gravity scenes. So I just thought they did a really good job with taking some Inception-esque context and putting it into this episode with like the weird altering of like dream state. Well, for what it's worth, I've seen it one time on an airplane. So oh, we, we'll go, we'll go deep into it. I, I can tell you, man, it gets real deep. We're, we're talking about adventure time. Maybe we'll do a special on Inception. Oh, it's a freaking gosh. great movie. That would be like miserable. Yeah, it would be very because I know it's probably been well. It's been done a hundred times, and then also the the preparation in order to do an episode for Ugh. something like Inception. Ooh, I don't even want to think sounds, about that. Yeah, I don't want to do that. We're not we're not going to do that. <laughs> no, we're not going to do it. <laughs> well, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. Just go watch Inception. Go watch. There's a Harvard uh, professor that does a. He wrote a book called Why Inception Should Have Won an Oscar. All right, I'll send about, you the the Dan Harmon YouTube video of yeah. him making fun of it then. <laughs> oh no, yeah. No, I I get honestly make fun of it too. It's yeah. It's 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 here and there. It's here and there. Yeah. Either way, used wonderfully in this episode. I thought it played out really well and I this has got to be one of my top episodes thus far. Yeah. It's oh of the whole series. Of the whole series. It's wow. not number 3 2 or 1, but it's up in the top 10 probably. That, well, that makes me excited cuz because We've talked about, you know, I've been harping on for seasons now of once we get into the lore and once we start to do the character development, you're going to love the show. And that's why I'm like, I'm so glad this is one of your favorite episodes because you're just so pumped about, I mean, seeing the the buildings burning when we see baby Marceline and like seeing well, stuff with her dad and seeing stuff with her past. It's all canon. And that's like, it didn't that's feel like I suffered at all rewatching this episode over and over again. I watched it, yeah. you know, four or five times and I never felt tired of it. I was excited to watch it again. Here's what I'll say though. Travelers don't hold it against me. If it's not in my top three for this season, maybe there's other great episodes. And if it's not in my top 10, 
of all time, whenever we go back and we look at the entire series, I apologize. But at the moment right now, I, after sitting with this episode for a week, really enjoyed it. I'm super about it. Yes. I, I mean, I'm looking through season three. It has a potential to hold up as one of the, one of your top five easily. I think so. I think the end of season three holds up for me as my top. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to rewatch it with my more analytical mindset right now and, and see if this one makes it in top five, but definitely the best of the first three for season three we've gotten so far. (laughs) Here's what I'll say though. It had probably one of the highest tops for me. This show has yet to have. Give it to me, baby. The baby Finn song. Baby Finn song. Easily, I've seen the man. memes. I I knew what it was. I've watched you it on have YouTube. The context but I haven't experienced now. it in the context, and it made it so <laughs> so much better. And it's so funny knowing Marceline to the degree that we do, even though we've only oh, seen yeah. it for four episodes, five loves, episodes. She loves to embarrass she gets a crack. Finn. Yeah, yeah, she gets she a loves, crack out of it. You know she's like logging that away to like give Finn hell at some point. And that's why when Finn walks up around the corner, yeah. he's like, he shuts the door real quick. The way I he glances in there and just <laughs> doesn't even acknowledge what's going he's on. Just, it's so funny. It's so, it's it's definitely, I'd say this is like, in terms of funny moments, like this is my tops of funny, like it took a lot of context to realize who Marceline was, who Finn was how he's embarrassed, how Marceline and Finn react around each other, you know, flirty, but not in a relationship. And, and him just being like, yeah, no, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> like, I love, I freaking Dude, love he's that a, moment. He's a buff baby. <laughs> I'm a buff baby that can dance like a man. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, and so I love, I love seeing, uh, I'm a punch on your buns. <laughs> besides Boom Boom Mountain, this is the second instance where we get Finn in, tiny tidy whiteies or whatever whatever he was at that phase um and i love though i love seeing like let's let's call it three-year-old finn talking about beating evil witches so like this from the get-go he's got that mentality adventuring (laughs) and defeating evil was ingrained in him as a baby i love it yeah he's just so weirdly pure it's uh weirdly pure yeah, I mean, you know, it's like he doesn't always make perfect decisions. He's no like Jesus figure or whatever, right? Or doesn't sin or whatever. But uh, he certainly seems to have a really pure intent with everything that he does, which is very fascinating. He'll he'll punch your buns. He'll punch your buns. He'll just punch, punch your buns. Your buns. Whatever. <laughs> I'm gonna punch your buns. So funny, I will dude. Punch you were for they? Fun. And they mentioned that they were in his house, his childhood home, right? So that mm-hmm. was Joshua and Margaret's house. Yeah. So when you, when we get into that hallway scene, you do see all these pictures of Margaret on the wall and she's holding like a baby Jake. And you can see them. There's like another picture that has like a, a bunch of little dogs around. So you see their family. And I do realize that there's no pictures of Finn on the wall. So I don't know if uh, it's... There's no point in the show that does put Finn as a sort of black sheep of the family at all that Finn's really accepted into that family. But I did think it was a funny thing to note that there was no Finn pictures on the wall. He may have been a new addition. Yeah. I wonder about that. He's definitely not uh, Harry Potter. He was definitely boom, boom baby on a leaf when he was in their home. Oh, that's right. When they found 
Yeah. Because they did find him that episode. Interesting. I mean, that would have okay. been, we could have probably given this two years after that to, like I said, if he was one years old, then he's probably three years old in this. Yeah. Scene, where are the Finn photos? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I was like, I was missing out on, on Margaret being like, they, they just should have had a picture on the wall that was like a Jake and a Finn and like Margaret and Joshua, like in a picture, like a little, and in Jerome too, obviously, but. We'll does get, Jake we'll only have there. one brother or does Jake have more siblings? That's a funny thing I did read as a fact in the show is that one of these pictures is very faded in the background. You see a bunch of like puppies running around, but in Adventure Time Lord, Jerome is the only other brother. Okay, cool. So it's well, just them. Ben gives Marceline, uh, let's see, her memory and his memory of her memory and his memory. What is it? Gives her his memory of her memory and his memory. That's what it is. Yeah. So hard it's, it's a very complicated way to put it. He it's has great. a memory. Yeah. That's why it's called, that's why the episode's called memory of a memory. Of a memory. Yeah. Yeah. But it's and just, I, mean, that's, I mean, that's genius. Great. I don't know. It's so funny when, you know, talking about how complicated dream like episodes can get, AKA inception, how complicated you can get with that that Finn pulls that out of his hat, like without even thinking he's, I think it's a genius move of being like, I have a memory of stealing your memory of this memory. Super smart. And yeah. I'm going to, I can solution. give it, I can, he can give it back to her via that way, which I think is such a smart move. I still complain a little bit about the fact that he can control himself within her memory. I don't know. Was that an inception? I don't think that's a thing in inception. Is it? No, it is. Is it? No. I don't know. No, not per se, because they go into people's dreams, but they don't interact the don't with go those with people. Them. Yeah. Yeah, they don't interact with people. I mean, you can have your own dream, but most of the time that person is dreaming. I think maybe this one, if if I were to give Finn credit, it's the fact that he puts a different type of sleep, like sleeping powder on him, where like, you know, Ash cursed Marceline into a sleep. And Finn like willingly went into his own sleep with a, maybe a different sleeping powder, maybe like a. That's the only thing I can maybe give it a credit for. Maybe, but yeah, it's it's a slight inconsistency for sure. Man, you know, you know what just hit me while we we're talking. What? Uh, how dumb I am about the Sting concert. I'm still so. I'm sorry, y'all. My <laughs> mind is. I'm so distracted in my mind thinking about You're like looking at a clock, man. You're like, I'm going to be late for Sting. I'm going out of town early tomorrow morning. And I was, me and Allie have been trying to plan out how we're, like where we're going to leave from, how we're going to do this whole night. She almost drove up to Nashville just to go to this concert. That didn't happen tonight. Yeah. So stupid. Uh, Speaking of stupid though, Ash. (laughs) Ash. Very. He sucks. Uh, Yeah. That final scene when he's like, get back in the kitchen. Like, Bro, yeah, I think I mean, so I think they had to throw that scene in because like Ash was edgy up until this point, and he was trying to win Marceline back, and you know, in a very sleazy way. But at that point, they had never established that like Ash was a bad person. You know, they'd only established that Ash like tricked them into it, and we we really needed, we really needed to see that Ash was like like why they broke up. Well, especially you know. if at the end of the episode they're gonna NFL blitz two thousand one him to death, you know <laughs> yeah. the the constant I, diving on top of him and punching him and kicking him when he's down. I actually had a hilarious 
and, and correct me if I'm wrong, because Marceline just walks up to Ash, just kicks him straight in the nuts. Right. In the and nuts. I was like this, we've had so many fart jokes and like, you know, kind of childish jokes that like, what, what was one of the funniest things as a sixth grader to you? Like being like, oh, you got hit in the nuts. Like, oh yeah. I had so a friend, funny as a kid. that was like his go-to thing was to kick was like, people in the nuts. Sucked. Oh yeah. A little, little nut tap. Like he might not is, have been th- a friend. No, he's yeah, a friend. most of the times, like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Nut taps are not really friendly, but I think this is Adventure Time's first crack at like a getting kicked in the nut, like joke. You know, I think so. Which is weird because they're all about that potty uh, butt humor. Yeah, and I, so humor. I thought. I mean, I I I took it as a moment of them being a little edgier that she walks up to him and she kicks him right in the crotch, like. So I was like, oh, okay. We didn't just do like a slap at the face, punch at the face, sword to the gut. Oh, she went you know? for it. I loved yeah. it. And then we had the big Jake Monty Python foot smash oh, at yeah. the very end. It was very, was very Monty Python. <laughs> that was so good. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, it was great. Cause like, and that was actually a great, uh, segment for Jake mistakes. pancakes. I don't think I had any Jake mistakes for this episode. I oh, really man. thought hard on it. And honestly, Jake is like the best adventure, like helps Finn through the dream, like smashes up the little goblin's house. Like, dude, he made no mistakes in this episode. That's a, yeah, one of I the first no times I cannot pull a single mistake out of Jake. No, that's fine, man. I got no complaints about Jake. No complaints, um, baby. Did you notice though that Ash, this is not about Jake, but a little aside, that Ash is voiced by Steve Agee. Who's Steve Ag? Man, Steve Ag. He worked with. Uh, I don't know if he produced or what his role. Actually, he might have been on it. He's a comedian. Uh, he was on the Sarah Silverman program. He did. Uh, I think he's in Suicide Squad and Guardians of the Galaxy. What else is he? I'll quick oh, let Google, me Google search. This. Yeah, like he appears on Harmontown all the time. So I, I'm very familiar with Steve Ag. But oh um, yeah, he's well, and uh, you know what? I know him uh, a lot from his role in New Girl. Um, oh he yeah, plays, yeah totally. he plays the homeless guy in New Girl. Oh wow, okay. I can. I, I didn't pick that up when I watched it, but now I can like totally like see him doing that voice. It was just another one of those moments where it's like, I know this voice. Why do I know this voice? And I had to Google it because it was oh, bothering man. me. You know yeah. what? I I had that moment with um, child Marceline, um, and I was like, I kind of recognize that voice a little bit. Um, and I want, I, I meant to look it up beforehand, but now I'm looking it up right now. Cause like, I think young Marceline, uh, Ronna, Ronna Beckerman. No, that'll be, that'll be a follow-up we do in a different episode. Child okay. Marceline definitely reminded me of somebody I've heard before, but. Ava Akers? Uh, maybe we'll, we'll dive into it. I, I got to do a little bit more. That's, that's a research project there. Yeah. It looks like they have two different voices for though. Yeah. One of them might be for a different language. Interesting. Interesting. Well, but anyways, yes, Steve, AG, Ned, do you have a line. lesson for us? I didn't have any great lessons for this episode. I think the lessons were very, um, straightforward. Um, I'd say the primary lesson is just like, identify bad relationships when they are early and not. Okay. In, yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of red flags that, uh, 
Marceline could have probably picked up on and she didn't. Identify. Yeah, we didn't get deep in this episode, like with deep toxic relationship thoughts or anything. I didn't think that'd be a good topic of conversation. But that was my no. thing, man. Like toxic relationships when viewed very much like Finn and Jake views their relationship, they can see the toxicity and they're very hard to see when you're in the moment, you know, when Marceline yeah. is in the, and, and Marceline is and one of probably the- If you have any signs of it, get out, man. If, you, if you're in a toxic relationship, it's not worth it. Yeah. Like, I mean, but it's, it's tough though. It's tough. And, and I know, that's why I, know. That's why I give up. Uh, that, you know, and that's why I've given Marceline credit. You know, like all we know is her character is being like badass. Nobody mess with me, Marceline. And the fact that this guy messes with her means that she was very caught up in the relationship. And makes and so her that's why dude that's, is, as you mentioned earlier, the the way she acts, the way that she responds to him, and just does what, and just kind of plays it off. Oh, you're so silly, Ash. Like. It's yeah. all because she's she's gaslit. She's manipulated by this dude. Mm-hmm. It is not good. And I'm so glad that, you know, Finn and Jake helped her out of this terrible relationship. Uh, even though she was already out of it at one point. You know, she was yeah. tricked to get back into it. Like the whole episode itself. Yeah, it was, was a it great was example all, of a terrible it, guy. It was like a it was an episode of like how do you gaslight somebody <laughs> like a type of episode <laughs> almost, you know? Yeah. You how do you dive into their memories. If you take away someone's memories, you can actually gaslight them like on a psychological level. Yeah. <laughs> if we're looking for uh, an episode title, gaslighting with inception might be a great one. <laughs> inception and gaslights. <laughs> yeah. Oh um, man. Uh, the other lesson I had was, uh, I've got two more quick ones. It's like, don't mess around with memories. When If you get into a situation where somebody's like, go steal a memory and we'll inception somebody, typically it's going to be really complex and your idea is going to turn on you really quick. That's the lesson of this episode and inception is that it will turn and nothing goes according to plan. Yeah, totally practical, and, totally relatable. Oh man, lastly, last lesson. <laughs> when you oh have good, when you, you had have no good, lessons. You got three now? I had, I had, they were just not very good. They were just more of how I felt. This about is ridiculous. It, so. When right, you have good canon, you can write a freaking good episode. That's a great lesson. Wow. Someone's a simp for Inception is what I'm picking up on this whole I episode. Said, I said canon. It had nothing to do with Inception. The oh, fact okay. That never this mind. This episode was never, so I just, good. It's in my head. You're in my head. No. Did you sneak into my dreams? Into my, I did. my thoughts, I did. my memories? I do. Well, I do it like once a week. So <laughs> you, you do, do it once a week. Oh, yeah. those are always sweet dreams when you do. Yeah. Um, oh, you know it, baby. Uh, all right my lesson is never trust the first character you meet Mm, that's a good one i I I didn't even uh, realize that in this episode but when you brought it up i'm like yeah they've done that a lot yeah i'm not gonna forget it now adventure time better not be doing that (laughs) next week or i'm gonna be pissed um now do you know what we're talking about next week um, not yet. I've been, I've been doing a very good job of trying to follow along with the seasons, like with you and okay. not trying to like jump the gun or like talk about, Oh, you don't know what's going to happen next episode. Well, while you look it up, I'll go ahead and tell them where they can follow us and whatnot. Y'all, uh, thank you again for another wonderful week of this super awesome podcast. Uh, you can check us out on Instagram at never ending adventure podcast to talk at never ending adventure cast. Twitter at NEA underscore podcast. Email us your thoughts, your opinions, what you want to talk about or hear about in uh, season three. 
to nea.travelerslog at gmail.com. We also have a YouTube channel and hopefully one day we'll get some visual elements to the podcast and y'all can watch them on YouTube. Um, And we got the stickers. The stickers are in. They, they will be in. shipping out. If you send us a review and, and or reviewed us and on Apple address. Podcasts and your address, but do that on a DM or uh, email. Don't do that on a comment somewhere yeah, or on your... Don't put that in your review. Yeah, don't dox yourself. Don't do it on your review yourself. <laughs> uh, though That would be a funny review if it's on that Apple Podcasts. It's just an awesome address. review. Be like, this podcast sucks, but I want a sticker. Uh, yeah. We'll send you a Here's sticker. Here's let us know you did it. Send us a screenshot or whatever, and we'll get you a sticker. Uh, yeah, they they're, they're going I'm out. Really they're going to start going out uh, this week for the stickers, which means that this episode mine. comes out one. maybe four weeks ahead of when we recorded it. So hopefully all you fans have some stickers out there. Hopefully some people share it on your socials. Do do whatever you can do with the sticker. Um, share it with your friends. Maybe, I'll, I'll probably send, honestly, I'll probably send two stickers to everybody just so you can have one, share one. Yeah, I love that. I mean, we have plenty. Uh, well, check us out every Tuesday um, talking about Adventure Time. And we'll be back next week. Ned, what are we talking about? Yeah, we're talking about Hitman. It is a great... Honestly, I'm so excited to talk about next week. It's the best Ice King episode we will have... Have we've had up until this point. Okay. For sure. Wow. Like, and if you, it, like, cause yeah, we talked about when Ice King was macking on all the ladies last season. This is such a great Ice King episode. It's so funny. Will, so I'm very, I'm very excited. Ice, will Ice King redeem himself? Will Russell <laughs> cure <laughs> his hungies? Will, will he make he it will. to the Sting concert? Will Ned Pruitt move back to Nashville? Find out next week <laughs> on the Never Ending Adventure podcast. Party <laughs> forever. Oh, man, you know I love the new guys. 